Oh, what does it mean to be loved by God? What does that look like? Who can be loved by God? What does it take to get God to love you? That's what we're going to see today right here on New Hope Radio and the Hope Club Podcast. Many people have had the experience of being loved by a a spouse, a child, a parent, a grandparent. Oh, a puppy. A puppy's love. But of all the people that have had the experience of being loved, how many have had the experience of being loved by God? Imagine all the lonely people going through life that don't know how much God loves them. They don't know. The love is there, but they don't know. See, God does love all people. As a matter of fact, He loves people with two different kinds of love. One is called agape love. That's where... God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would never perish but that they would have everlasting life. That's one kind of love. That's love for the whole world. But God loves people with another kind of love too. It's called phileo love where God said, I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's telling them that he's loving them with a friendship type of love. So we're going to begin a brand new series today. It's entitled My Life in Christ. And what better place to start when you understand your life in Christ than with how much God loves you. Because the main focus of your life in Christ is love. It's God's love. God's love toward us. And today, we're going to see what it is to be loved by God as a friend. Friendship love. Again, like I said, God loves all people, but he loves his friends more so. Now, he originally said something to Israel. But then we're going to see how it's transferred to everybody. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, I really love this verse. Here's what God said to Israel. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. But then later on, through the Apostle Paul, God spoke to the Gentiles. And he said in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, We should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation. But that little phrase, beloved by the Lord, it means that we are loved by God. See, salvation is not meant just for the Jewish people, but for the whole world. 
And that's why some people didn't like Jesus, because he was bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. And the Jews of his day were like, no, man, God's for us. And he's like, no, God's for everybody. He's he's not just for some. He's for all. God's love is big enough to go around to everybody. And that's what we need to understand. So how was God's love revealed? How did people know God loved them? Don't forget, back in the first century, man, there were thousands of religions and millions of gods. Oh, everybody had their own brand of gods, and they worshipped those gods. But those gods were so far removed. They were vindictive, they were jealous, they were distant. And then, the one true God begins to reveal himself. And John talked about him in 1 John 4, 9. Here's what he said. By this, the love of God was manifested in us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. You know, we hear a lot of talk about Jesus coming to die for the sins of the world so we can have eternal life in heaven, and that's true. But here John says, wait a minute. It's not just about heaven. It's about living through him down here on the planet. So what did God do? He manifested his love by sending his son. Now we know that his son came to be a sacrifice. A sacrifice is the greatest demonstration of love, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say that there's no greater demonstration than a sacrifice? To give of yourself for someone else and the sacrifice of a son? You can't beat that. I mean, that's even, to me, greater than the sacrifice of yourself. It's one thing to sacrifice yourself, which is pretty noble, but imagine sacrificing your child. Wow, that's like, that's not even on the radar of most people. But that's what God did. So, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean, the propitiation? He came to be the atonement for our sins. He came to pay the purchase price, to receive the punishment that we deserved. Okay? So, what is John saying? This is what love looks like. This is how we know God loved us. Because he sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sins. Now, think of all the people in the world that don't believe. It's deeper than that. It's worse than not believing. You know what's worse than not believing? Not knowing that God loves you. That's worse. To go through life and not even have a clue that you're loved by God. See, we know it because of the cross. The cross is the symbol of God's love. And I say that a lot. I say it because people forget it. That things do not reveal God's love. Okay? Our circumstances are not a measurement of God's love for us. Because our circumstances change, but God's love never changes. Our financial situation is not a measurement of God's love. That can change. Even our health is not a measurement of God's love. Don't fall into that trap. 
Oh, if I'm healthy, God loves me. If I'm sick, he doesn't. If I'm wealthy, God loves me. If I'm poor, he doesn't. If things are going wonderful for me, God loves me. But if things are working against me, no, he doesn't love me. No, that's a trap. Don't fall into it. Those things change with the wind. But God's love, steadfast. It never changes. It is found in what he already did for us 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary. See, and once you understand and you receive that love, now you can receive phileo love, which is a personal friendship love from God. You let him love you as a friend, right? Now, you love, I hope you love all people. You love the stranger. You love the co-worker. But you, you have a special love for your close friends, right? Well, so it is with God. He loves all people, agape love. But those that walk with his son, phileo love. Proverbs 17 says, a friend loves at all times. That's how you know somebody's your friend. They always have your back, no matter what. You make a fool of yourself, they're there for you. You fall into sin, they're there for you. They don't turn their back on you. That's a friend. They love at all times. That's God's love for us. God never stops loving you. Woo! I like that. He never stops loving you. So how does one become the friend of God? How's that happen? Well, James talked about a man named Abraham. Now, Abraham lived in the Old Testament, but James talks about him in his epistle in the New Testament. And here's what he said. Abraham believed God. See, God gave Abraham, Abraham these promises that he would be the father of, of many. Abraham, you see the stars? Yeah, you're going to have more kids than that. Abraham, you see all the sand on the beach? Yeah, you're going to have more kids than that. And he wasn't talking literal children. He was talking about children that come to God through faith in Christ. And there's a lot of us, thankfully. So Abraham... He believed God. It was reckoned to him as righteousness. And because of that, he was called the friend of God. Think about that. What does it mean he believed in God? simply means he put faith in who God was and in what God said. He put faith. He trusted in his word. And he became a friend, a phylos, a personal friend of God. Are you kidding me? Who doesn't want to be a personal friend of God? I mean, if you were a personal friend of Tom Brady, you'd brag to all your friends. But what? You can be a personal friend to God. Go brag. Go brag about that. Hey, I'm a personal friend of God. They say, yeah, how? Well, because I believe. And you can too. That's what we need to brag about. God is our personal friend. Now, once you become a friend of God through faith, and he loves you as a friend, where is this love stored? God fills you with love, right? And where does that love go? Well, Paul tells us in Romans 5, in verse 5, the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. And because God's love is in our hearts, oh, here it comes. It becomes the basis of our frame of reference. 
What's your frame of reference? It's, it's how you look at life. It's what you refer back to when you think and you process and you make decisions. So when God's love fills you, you think back to God's love for you and you process your circumstances and that's how you make decisions based on knowing how much God loves you and he loves you a lot. So God's love is stored in your heart and your heart is that which you live life from, right? Everything comes out of the heart. Our words come out of the heart. Our thoughts, which lead to actions, come out of the heart. So when your heart is filled with the love of God, man, good stuff's going to come out. But when the heart is void of God's love, oh, look out. Now it's just a toilet. Nothing good's coming out. And look at the world today. It's being run by people whose hearts are void of the love of God. They don't know it. God has not poured out his love into their hearts because they haven't believed. Oh, he loves them from a distance to to the fact that Christ died for them, but they haven't become his friend. They haven't become someone that is intimate and personal and is filling their heart so they can have a loving frame of reference. But once God fills your heart, now your life is lived from the outflow of God's love for you. A heart full of love is a heart full of life. Think about that. I believe that. A heart full of love is a heart full of life. When you know that you are loved by God, you can actually feel good about yourself. Oh, you might sit in the corner at night and cry, nobody loves me. God loves you. And that's the most important one. Let him fill you. Let him pour his love into you. Again, let me remind you, how do I know God loves me? The cross. The cross is the demonstration of the depth of God's love for you. That's where he gave his child to die for you. So knowing that I have this love, it gives me a confidence I could never have otherwise. You know, there are people that do bad things in life, and I think sometimes it's because of insecurity. They have no self-confidence, so they go out and they hurt others, They dominate others. They do things that are wrong because they're not even happy with themselves. But knowing God loves me, that's the basis for my victories in this life. You know, this life is a battle, but every battle can be won. Paul said in Romans 8.37, In all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him, Christ, who loved us. To conquer means to gain a decisive victory. Do you have a battle going on in your life, a struggle? You have something that you're trying to overcome? You can overcome it. Through what? Through the love of God that's poured out in your heart, knowing how much he loved you. See, Paul wants to show his readers that suffering does not separate believers from Christ. 
it actually carries them along toward the ultimate goal of becoming like Christ. That's why circumstances, they are not a good telltale sign of God's love. They're not. They're a lie. The cross is the telltale sign of God's love. So Paul said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, come on, angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us, here it comes, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about it. He's talking about everything in the universe. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Why? Because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. It's impossible to get beyond God's loving reach. It's impossible. You can't get outside of the love of God. And Paul said, I am convinced. Convinced means persuaded. Let me ask you, are you convinced? Are you convinced that God loves you personally? Are you convinced that you are a friend of God and God is a friend of you? And how's that happen? I already told you. Through faith. Through faith in who God is. But are you convinced? That's the question. Don't say, yes, I'm convinced, and then you, you walk out and your life's a train wreck. You're not convinced. you got to believe this. you got to say, yeah, Lord, I believe this, and I'm taking you with me everywhere I go. See, there's a list of things that people dread in life. They dread being separated from their body. That's called death. They dread being separated from people. That's called aloneness. And there are some that will even be separated from God. But listen, there's nothing that can undo God's love for you, so you will never be separated from Him. If you're living the Christ life, which means what? He's your Savior. Anything life throws at you, God's love is greater. Paul, he... he, he made a list of things. Angels. Angels can't separate you from the love of God. Angelic beings. You know they're higher than humans? Oh, yeah. Bigger, stronger, more powerful, more beautiful. They can't separate us from God's love. Principalities, he said. Who's that? Satan's organized system of angels. They can't do it. They're powerful, too. They can't do it. He said, things present. That means whatever you can see. Whatever you can see, whatever you can hear, I can't separate you from God's love. Things to come, that speaks of the unknown. Unknown possibilities. I can't separate you from the love of God. Powers, that's spiritual forces. No height, no depth. In other words, no matter how high you go or how deep you go, (laughs) you can't get separated. Then he said, there is no created thing. He just kind of wraps it all up together. Anything that's been created, and by the way, everything has been created except the Godhead. Everything. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they are co-eternal. 
They have no beginning and no end. But everything else has been created. And everything in that creation cannot separate you from God's phileo love. Can't do it. And the word separate, it means to place a space between. Can't do it. It's almost like God is hugging you. And you can't pry you apart. There's no space in between. God's love. I love this topic because, you know what, it it builds security in us, doesn't it? God's love is, is that which insulates us and it holds everything together. That's what God's love is. It holds us together. It insulates us against all the evil of the world. It insulates us against our own carnal thinking and our negative thoughts. Oh, and those fiery dots from those demons that try to make us think negatively about ourselves or about God. I like what F.B. Maya said. He said, God's love toward you is like the Amazon River flowing down to water a single daisy. Whew. I mean, that daisy, he'll never drink up all that water. I know, there's plenty of water to go around. And that's God's love. Just like a mom can have 10 kids, right? And she can love them all. It's not like, oh, I only have the strength to love six. You four, I'm sorry, I'm out of love. <laughs> no, a mom loves all 10. Well, God, he loves all his children too. He doesn't run out of love like the Amazon River feeding that little daisy. God's love cannot be exhausted. It's impossible. And that's why we have the promise of the riches of Christ. The riches of Christ cannot be exhausted. That's why I believe you can get lost in God's love. You can get lost in it. Like, that's all you see. That's all you see is the love of God. And that's why we cannot fill our heads with the negative, carnal, worldly philosophies that are around us. Even, you know, the, 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 the entertainment of this culture will separate you in your thinking from godly thinking. It's nasty. It's, it's ungodly. It's carnal. But the more we can saturate ourselves with God's thoughts, the more that love is going to become a reality. And don't you want love to be a reality? This is not a storybook love where you, you open up the book and you read a fairy tale about Cinderella and the slipper and the prince comes and brings the slipper and uh, he kisses the slipper and turns into a frog, things like No, this is reality. This is real love. So, But if we don't fill our mind with the Word of God, this love is going to be distant. It'll be like a fantasy. It'll be like a fairy tale instead of being real. So here's the point. Here's the action point. When you understand and receive how much God loves you, you'll have everything you need to go on. You'll have it all. You'll climb every mountain. You'll survive every valley. You'll come out on top. The victory 
is in Christ. But what does it begin with? Understanding the depth of his love and receiving that love. And don't ever think, oh, I'm not worthy to receive his love. Well, number one, none of us are. But number two, once Christ is in you, you become worthy. You become righteous. And I love, I think the King James Version says this. Not sure what scripture. We are accepted in the beloved. The beloved is Christ. So because we're in him, we're accepted by God. Oh, I like that. We're accepted by him. Not because of us. Because of him. See, everything is about Jesus. Everything. Right? Everything is to him, through him, from him, and for him. And that's our life. It's all about Christ. It's not about us. Too much preaching today makes it about us. It's not about us. It's about the Lord Jesus. It's about God the Father. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the plan of the Godhead to rescue mankind from sin and death and the devil. That's what it's for. That's Everything is about God. And the sooner we can understand that, I think the sooner we'll be on the road to victory. The personal victory that we're looking for in our lives, whatever that is, I think everybody has some kind of a struggle, some kind of a, a battle that we're fighting. But the victory is an understanding. It's not about you. It's about God. And God's love is so great. There's enough to go around for everybody. And especially there's enough for you. God's love, you know, I mean, that's the fuel for life. I think everything starts there. He loved us before he saved us, and then he really loves us after we're saved. So walk in that love. Come on. Walk in the love that he's already filled you with and poured it out into your heart. I don't know, you might want to hear this message again. That's okay. Maybe you want to share it with someone. The Hope Club Podcast. That's all you need to know. Go to the Hope Club Podcast. Loved by God. What does it mean to be loved by God? That's where it all starts, right? The victorious life begins by understanding that you are loved by God. Next time we're together, we're going to take a look at our love toward him first he loves us what does it look like when we love him we'll see that next time